Hello and welcome to the first Baggies broadcast of 2022. Happy New Year to all you Baggies fans. Hope you've had a good one results-wise. None of us have really, uh, <laughs> but hopefully it's uh, the only way is up in terms of results. But we've had a late Christmas present. We've had some surprising Christmas presents. Um, and it's all been going on, basically, so we're going to cover that all today. I'm joined by your West Brom correspondent, Joe Massey. Joe, first poddy since uh, since before Christmas. How are you? Have you had a good Christmas, good New Year? How are things going? Is it the first poddy since Christmas? Since Christmas, yeah. Wow, I did not realise that. I knew it was the first poddy of 2022, but I didn't realise it was the first poddy since Christmas. Wow, it feels like ages ago. It does, it does. Yes, mate. Very well. Very well. Thank you. Thanks for asking. I had a lovely Christmas. Thank you. Really, really good Christmas. Um, yeah, it was, it was magical, really. My little girl's only four and a half, so she was just bursting of excitement for about two weeks, really, in the build-up to it. And on the day, she couldn't contain herself. So, yeah, that was awesome. Um, and, yeah, good New Year, mate. Just standard, quiet, really. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's been a good break, mate. It's been a good festive period. What about you? Yeah, all good. All good. Yeah, quiet. Just getting to games and... The disappointment of Derby, the disappointment of Cardiff, which we'll come on to. Even little other, beaver you are, aren't you? Been at a few other, other games as well. Um, I was going to say, mate, you're here, there and everywhere. You oh, have I'm thrown yourself into your new job at the Express and Star. I'm like, uh, what's the word? I'm not social, but social football butterfly at the moment. I'm everywhere. Um, but you're just a grafter, mate. That's what you are. Back with the Albion on uh, on Sunday, which was disappointing. But no good festive period. Um how were things in your household? I know you, you opened an olive branch to Goach and Lie for a, an invite to Christmas dinner. I'm guessing he didn't take it up. Although, as we know, he stayed in the country, so he might, you know, he might have been considering a, a massy invite. Or did he take it up? Who's going to know? Who's going to know? Goach and Lie stayed in the UK for Christmas. Where else did he go? I think Could he was going. I think house. he was going home until he listened to the last podcast and thought, you know what? I've got an invite here to stay in England. I might I might hang around, get down the Massies for Christmas dinner. It was hilarious because I think I did say, I mean, I haven't listened back to the podcast, but I think my words were something like Ian Pierce. I will yeah, you called you. out Ian Pierce, basically. I called out Ian Pierce and said, I'll meet you anytime, anyplace, anywhere, with the exception of Christmas Day. And then I said, Gouch and Lie, that is even, you can even come to my house on Christmas Day. That is how he, and then here he is, basically. Here he is, basically, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you made this all happen, really, pal. But, so, um, yeah, he actually spent yeah. Christmas in the UK, um, which is, wow, it's staggering, isn't it, really? I mean, it is absolutely staggering. Um, sort of makes sense, really, with the amount of time he would have had to, he has to quarantine for when he does return yeah. home. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, Gouch and I has been integral to the DK deal, which we'll get into. He was at the game against Cardiff on Sunday, which is obviously important. We'll get into all these things, but look, it's, it's, it's promising, isn't it? It's a promising, it's a good sign. I mean, look, we've all got our reservations about him and where exactly the club is still going under his ownership. But look, we're all, we're all very pleased to at least see him see him making contributions and then more importantly giving the green light to sign DK absolutely massive news yeah it is massive news and, and Christmas just one more final thing about Christmas any, yeah, any standout Christmas this, any standout presents at all Joe oh, any, any, any Albion present. stuff in your stocking are you sure this is the first party since Christmas because I'm sure you said to me you were going to ask me about presents and I said bomb it off last time I think we were previewing it last time oh really yeah. uh, standout Christmas presents um this is bad, this is, because my memory's so bad, and then people will be like, well, what about I this I got you? What about that I, I got you? family don't listen to it. Got some nice shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got a really nice jumper I'm really happy with. Um, got some running stuff that I wanted, because I need to start running, because I'm piling on the pounds. The New Year's resolution. 
Yeah, not started yet though, so not going great. Four days in. <laughs> um, yeah, it was good, mate. I had some lovely presents, lovely presents. Thank you. Good what stuff. about you? I feel like I have to reply, even though. I'm had a not few little bits and bobs. I had a cracker. Had a cracking Albion present. I saw your the, hat, uh, wasn't it? It was my hat, a yeah. homemade knitted hat from uh, from my mother, Mrs. Drury, with a with an Albion mm. badge on the front. Got a lot of attention on uh, on social media. I did tell her that I was going to plug them on the next podcast and say she'd be making them at request to try and make a little bit of money. Brilliant um, idea. I might I could take a little bit of a, a, a bit of money off that. A little bit of um, a little bit of a side project. But you're going to um, take a cut off your own mum. Well, you know, you've always got to be thinking, haven't you, Joe? But uh, actually, put it on. Actually, put it on Twitter, and a couple of people were like, "Oh, can we request one of these?" And I was like, "No, nah, unfortunately not. It's limited edition. We won't be making any more." But yeah, cracking present. She keeps asking me though after every Albion game if I've worn it to the game. Um, I'm like, "No, I can't. Can't wear a hat, Albion hat in the in the press room." Of course you can. Nah, but it'll be coming out. It'll be coming out though. It'll be coming out. So I've worn it a couple of times. Very nice it was indeed. But yeah, some good presents. But um, but yeah, all over now, isn't it? Christmas goes in a flash and we're, we're into New Year, but there's so much to talk about. Um, we can't even go on to Derby, really, because it was so long ago and we've got so much to talk about, but it was a disappointment. Albion didn't get the points. It was a calamitous mistake, which uh, Mr. Massey got hammered for on Twitter, which we touched on the other day, didn't we? But uh, wow, we'll, yeah. we'll skim over that one. <laughs> Although I still think I'm actually think now it's oh look Sam Johnson should have stayed in this box at Derby. Let's not. Let's, there's no doubt about that. And if he had stayed in this box, Albion wouldn't have conceded. But I still think. A big, it's 50 50 from not 60 40, 55 45. I still think Kipper has got a huge hand in that goal. Um, and the communication between the pair of them should have been better, but yeah, disaster at Derby. We'll segue it into Cardiff by saying after Derby, Valerian Ishmael called for a reaction from his players. And if we're being honest, he didn't really get it. No, no, he didn't get it at all, really. And, and there are a lot of things to. To talk about still quite raw, a, a lot happened, but the day got, began with such optimism, which we'll talk about. DK Lie being there, mm. um, we had the Garden Hickman deal, which had come a few days before. Um, but on the pitch, I think the main talking point pitch wise before the game was, um, you know, like we, I think we touched on it in the video after Derby, didn't we, at Pride Park, saying, you know, Ishmael re- got really angry in his press conference, really, and he, was, he wasn't happy with his players at all. And we asked, would there be a reaction? Would there be a reaction from Ishmael in terms of? Um, his team selection, would he throw Gardner Hickman back in and would he throw young Tom Fellows in from the start? And he did. He absolutely did that against Cardiff. Um, but it turned out to be a tough afternoon for, for the pair, really. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, it was a tough afternoon for the team, really, um, rather than sort of singling out those two. But I think, strange game, very, very strange game of football. So you have to say that Ishmael didn't really get the reaction he wanted from that derby game, especially for the first 15 minutes. Um, Dar- uh, Cardiff started the brighter of the teams they had a, a number of long throws um, I mean it was someone messaged me actually saying we're, we're being out um, and it kind of felt like that really sort of early on they were very very aggressive very very front footed they were playing for sort of long throws and set pieces and they were the better team first 15 minutes I think then there was a 15 minute spell where Albion were actually okay Um um, okay-ish within context. Look, they had three opportunities. I'm choosing my words carefully. Here, but I'm saying they had three opportunities to open the score. And I'm not saying they had three chances. They certainly weren't clear-cut chances to open the score in. But that you would say they had three openings to open the score in. Some really good play. Callum Robinson, Alex Moe in middle of the park. Works Carl and Grant in the box. He lashes it well wide in the end. But look, if it had gone in, it would have been a stunning goal. Um in the end, it was comfortably wide, but it was an opening rather than a chance. Robinson, 
he's had to do really well. He's like good feet in the box, worked himself some space. Once he's done that, once he's he's almost, if you like, he's turned an opening into a chance with how with how well he he with what he did in those sort of five ten seconds. He's had a great great hit at goal. It looks like it's going in the far corner. Alex Smithies, keeper I've always liked actually. Good save, very, not good save. Very 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 good save. Um, that was the moment really Albion really should have got ahead after. Robinson deserved to score, really, after what he'd done there. But great goal, great save from the goalkeeper. And then Carl Bartley did another opening that he sort of turned over the bar. I felt at that point that Albion was certainly on top. Um, they were knocking on the door if they weren't creating glorious opportunities. But you have to say that's sort of been, that's happened a lot this season, where the, the, the guilt edge chances, the clear, clear chances haven't been there. Um and then look, Cardiff score from a corner. The, the, everything was coming from set pieces for Cardiff. They weren't going to score unless it was from a set piece. They had a long throw. I think it was Joe Rules stabbed it wide. Well, stabbed it towards goal. It took a deflection. From the long throw, they win a corner. James Collins heads it in. Poor goal to concede. And look, you have to say the next 15 minutes weren't great really from Albion's perspective. No, there was no real reaction to that goal. They sort of, Cardiff looked very, very comfortable. The back three looked very comfortable. Um, against Robinson, Fellows and Grant. I thought Grant was the pick of the three. I thought he, um, game, yeah. I thought he, he really tried to make things happen. He tried to force the issue. Fellows, bless him. Look, he's got an awful lot of promise, that lad. Um, and I, uh, God, the last thing I want to do is criticise a young player because he, he, there's no doubt about it. He's got huge, huge potential and he's hopefully going to have a, a very long and successful career of Albion. But to me, he looked lost in that first half. Um it was, it was perhaps a game too, not a game too soon. It's perhaps just a little bit too early for him. That's not, we don't, I'm not, I don't want to, like, we're not saying he's not a brilliant player and he's going to have a real bright future. We're just saying perhaps right at this moment in time, maybe sort of one for the early stages of next season or something. He's just maybe just be a little bit too soon for him. Um, but only based on that sort of first half, who knows? Like, he was, he was brilliant off the bench against Derby. So, but yeah, it was a, uh, mm, yeah, I mean, look, the, the reaction at halftime was angry, and, and a, a lot of I've seen a lot of a lot of strong criticism of that first half performance. Let's not, we're not going to sit here and say it was good because it wasn't. I don't, I don't quite think it was as bad as everyone as as some people have made out. I mean, if I was ranking it out of ten, I'd give it a five. It really wasn't great, but it, I don't think it was absolutely appalling. There was like a fifteen minute spell in the middle of it where Albion were knocking at the door. They didn't start well. They didn't respond well to the goal, but. It wasn't great, but I don't think it was absolutely woeful, as, as some people would have you believe. Um, second half, I thought Albion came out much brighter, really. Played much more at it. Um, obviously scored with a brilliant goal early on. Admittedly, that goal was offside. And then the Moet red card is just sheer stupidity. Um, and I'm saying that in the, in, and I'm saying that because I genuinely believe Alex Moet is one of Albion's most important players by quite some way. Um, and I'm a big fan of his. And it really annoys me that he will be missing for three games now. Because I think Albion need him. I think he started the season brilliantly. I think he had a dip. I think he obviously broke his toe or whatever he did. I can't remember what toe injury or some sort. I think he's dipped. I do think his form has dipped. I don't think he's playing as well as he was at the start of the season. But I still think Albion need him. Um, I really do believe they need him. So for him to be missing for three games for a stupid challenge, it's, just, it's a red card all day long. Um, it was just, it was really silly. No need for it. No need for it at all. Obviously, fifth red card of the season, which is really poor. 
Um, really, really poor in January. Um, really, really poor. And then look, I have to say, if we're down to 10 men. It, it was anyone's game, wasn't it, really? I mean, fair play to Albion. They kept pushing for the winner. Obviously, like a more... basketball game, wasn't it, at the end, really? One it was, yeah. Albion were breaking. It was. And it could have gone either way, really, at that point. In the end, it was play that 1-1 draw. But obviously... Everything I've just said, probably talked about it too long because it was all massively overshadowed by what happened right at the end. Yeah, just just on that red card, quite a funny point. Obviously, a lot of fans, we get a lot of fans on social media replying to our stories or tweets and stuff, and most of them were saying, yeah, definite red card, stupidity. There's one guy who said he was sitting on the front row of the Halfords Lane end, right in front of um, right in front of the tackle. He said it was never a red card. It wasn't even a yellow, he said, but I, I'm not too sure what game that guy was watching because it was pretty much nailed on. Um, from where we were and I, I, there was no need to make the tackle either was there which is watching it back is probably the most disappointing thing about the whole the whole episode couldn't couldn't agree more mate and and I, I'm only saying it because I, I rate Moet so highly yeah. and I think he's so important it's just so so frustrating to think he won't be available now for three games yeah um, and, then, and then obviously what ensued at the end I, I sort of left the ground to talk to fans by this point but I know I saw the, the, the penalty that wasn't which I think we're all agreed was a pretty much nailed on penalty. Um and as we've all seen, Val went tearing onto the pitch, Livermore's tried to stop him, the Cardiff players stopped him, then we had a bit of a I don't know what you call it, handbags, brawl, scuffle, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a brawl from what I've seen. Mass confrontation. Um, mass confront yeah, that's very it's a very um diplomatic answer there. That's what I went with in the end in all my mass, reports. I was like, how do you sum it up? I thought mass confrontation. I was quite pleased with that, you know. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But obviously, you know, we know that Johnson was sent off. I think Aidan Flint was sent off as well. Um, Talking the press room that Johnson had, I don't know, swung or struck someone. I'm not too sure what happened. You saw it, Joe. You know, what What? 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 what was your, what did you make of it? And, and, you know, it could have probably been easily avoided in, in you know, now going into it, I'll be without a keeper for three games, which is uh, which is disappointing. Well, yeah, we don't actually know how many games he's going to be. He's he's going to be ruled out for. The questions I've been asked, so we're just sort of waiting for answers on that. It's, it depends. It really does depend on what he was sent off for. So yeah. there was some. The issue, is, like the, the the problem is, I say this a lot in my job, and I'd like people to remember this when they do give me flack on Twitter. Is that we're doing an awful lot at the same time. We're tweeting, we're writing a match report, we're watching the game, and you you, you basically need like six eyes, three sets of eyes to to see everything. And yeah. there was an awful lot going on in in the immediate. I mean, it was a crazy situation in the sense that the referee either had to blow for a penalty all four time. There was no there was no middle ground really. He he had to blow his whistle. It was just what was the outcome, and immediately chaos descended. So, obviously, we'll probably get into Ishmael's reaction, but obviously Ishmael was immediately on the pitch. All the players suddenly charging into each other. Now, we don't actually know what Sam Johnston was sent off for. We don't know if he was sent off for foul and abusive language, which, if he was, then that's a one-game ban. I haven't seen... I I, I didn't see anything... I, I, in, in the moment, at the ground, I didn't see anything in terms of sort of what would be violent conduct from Sam Johnston. So we're waiting to find out really what what is... But obviously there's been reports that that has happened. Well, not reports, but suggestions that that, that he did sort of raise an arm towards someone or something of that and that nature. So it could be a one-game ban for him. It could be a three-game ban. Still waiting to find out. It was just a melee. And the truth is I do only have one set of eyes. And to be honest, my initial... My, my, my immediate focus was on Ishmael. Um, because 
it was surprising. It was, a, it was a, it's surprising to see him run onto the pitch, basically, to remonstrate with the referee. You don't, you don't often see um, a manager do that. Now, I don't know, I don't know if you, I, I know you are super organised, Johnny, and you send these beautiful itineraries for it, and you put so much thought into it. Um, but I think we need to talk about Ishmael's reaction to, to the, because he has been heavily criticised for it. And, I, and I've got like everyone, everyone who listening to this will know that I like Val. Okay, everyone will know that I think he's a, he's a, he's a genuinely nice guy, uh, very very professional, very very courteous, very very polite. Um, I definitely like the bloke. Um, but there, and I, so I want to make it clear that I'm I'm not but put all that aside. I, the reaction does. I'm not bothered by the reaction at all. Now I've got to say I've spoken to people who are really bothered by it, and I mean really bothered by it. Strange reaction. Strange, uh, really strange reaction. I find on social media as well. So, like, I've spoken to fans who are proper, like, angry. They're like, think it's, it's, a, it's a complete embarrassment um, that that he, he ran onto the pitch, and they they just basically saying like, that's not that's not West Bromwich Albion. That is not how you represent our football club. Um, <clears throat> others, there's fans who are like, don't really don't think he should have done it. Um, I genuinely, and I'm not just saying this because I like Val. I, it doesn't mean anything to me. I, I couldn't care less. I, I don't even. That that to me that doesn't ref- I don't think he looks bad I don't think West Bromwich Albion look I just I just don't to me it just comes across as passion anger in the moment yeah just um, looking, looking looking back at it only comparing it to another manager you saw what I think it was last year at Everton when Billich went on the pitch at half time and remonstrated with Mike Dean and was sent off was it harshly you know yeah probably similar type of things really I know Billich maybe didn't have as much anger behind him as. Uh, as Ishmael might have had the other day, um, but I'd say they're similar incidents, and yeah, Billich didn't get much flack for that. I don't think. I've seen um, Mourinho do it. I've seen Klopp yeah, do it. I've seen. Man, he won't be the first to do it, and he won't be the last, basically. And I'm not. I, I mean, I know people who are genuinely embarrassed by it, and I, and I'm not at all. Like, yeah. I, like and I, I don't like. There's been a suggestion that sort of he's he's the manager, so he should be a. Above the emotion, and he should—he has to set an example, and this, that, and the other. Um, but I just don't buy into that either. I mean, the, like he is—he is, he is a human being. I think you've got to understand the pressure—the pressure is is mounting on him in a way. Like Albion's, let's let's make this clear. Albion, Albion are on a dreadful run. Yeah. Albion are on a dreadful run. I think is it two wins? Is it two wins in nine? I really should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, like they, 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 then they have not got the points or they they should have got. I mean, just take the last three games: um, Barnsley, Derby, Cardiff. That should that, that should be worst case scenario seven points. Yeah, it's two. Um, Gouch and Lai was in the stands. Like the owners in the the owners in the building first time in three years. Albion on a poor run of form. They haven't. They've just been denied a clear a clear penalty. Let's make that like it was a clear penalty in the, with the last with what would have been the last kick of the game, and it would have basically that penalty was a get out of jail free card, wasn't it? Like that would have it would have it basically would have been. We've got away with one today. If we yeah. scored that penalty, we, we we'd have massively got away with one. And I think he got overcome by emotion. Val did, and and do you know what? Like for me, football is an emotional game. I I mean. You see fans up on their feet going crazy at the referee. You see fans up on their feet shouting at players, shouting at... I mean, I mean I've got to be honest, if I, I'm that guy. Like, I am that guy. I'm the one that is on the edge of my seat. I'm the one that can't keep things in. Like, I am, I'm emotional, like I am. Um, so, 
for me, there's like, in that moment, in that moment, I think it, and you've got to remember, Val's been very, very courteous about referees all season. I think if that moment had happened in the 75th minute, well, one, I think the referee would have given a penalty, but two, I, I don't think Val would have been on the pitch. You know what I mean? I think it would have been, it would have just, it would have passed him by. But because it was literally the last kick and then everyone comes onto the pitch, you can, you sort of can come onto the pitch then, can't you? Um, I don't know. I think the reaction, I think like, I don't, for me, football is about emotion. Um, so I don't want to take emotion out of it. Um, and there's loads of people saying that if he hadn't come on the pitch, then Johnston wouldn't have got a red card and this, that and the other. I'm sorry. There was going to be a mass confrontation no matter what. Yeah. There was going to be. Like, they, that, that was robbery, that penalty. And the players were going to react. They just were. Um, Ishmael probably made it worse. Like, by him reacting, like, he, he probably inflamed the situation. But it's football, like... It's the only thing that makes us feel the way we feel, isn't it? Like, yeah, I think someone else in the press, in the press box, said, "You look at the reaction to him doing that. People saying they're embarrassed, but then you look how he was lauded for tearing down the touchline after they won in the last minute at Peterborough, um, and just look at the different reactions. I, I think it's unfair for, for the flat that he's had from some sections. For what he, you know, in hindsight, he'd probably go, "Yeah, I shouldn't have probably gone on the pitch," you know. The game had ended, but he was on the pitch. He probably will admit that he shouldn't have done it. Emotions did boil over. But like you said, football's an emotional game. I think, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. If anything, it shows his passion and emotion for the Albion, I think. And if, if you do feel embarrassed by it, then obviously that's your right. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not for one minute saying you're wrong to, to feel the way you do. It's just, it just, it doesn't bother me. It genuinely doesn't. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm just not, I'm like, whatever. And I'm not saying that because I like Val. It wouldn't bother me. Um... If it was, I don't know, a manager I don't like. Yeah, yeah but that was a sour end to a, a pretty sour festive period for Albion. But there were sparks of good news over the festive period. Um, not just that Joe Massey's got loads of good new Christmas presents. That, that was one positive. Um, but the other one was, was started with Taylor Gardner-Hickman, didn't it, Joe? You know, the contract news that came out. You know, he's had a good start to his Albion first team career. Um, and I think that was a, a timely Christmas present for 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 Garden Hickman himself, I think it was on his birthday as well, if I if I read correctly, um, and, and a timely timely Christmas present for for Baggies fans really. So that was one positive. Yeah, big positive. But I think let's just look at it long term in terms of look. Taylor Garden Hickman looks a player with real potential, doesn't he? I mean, he's 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 one to get excited about. I think that's fair. Like we're allowed to get excited about Taylor Garden Hickman. Do you know what we're allowed to get excited about? Dara Roche. Um, we're allowed to get excited about Dara DK. Um, and do you know what? I think we're allowed to get excited about Josh Griffiths, who obviously is currently on loan with Lincoln in League One. So, some couple of players. There's some there? good young talent in there, yeah. Um, players that you'd like to think will be at the club for a very long time, and also have come through the academy and have got Albion at heart because they've been at the club for so long. Yeah, of course, and that's great, great news. That was followed up by, I think. The Daryl DK transfer situation has been talked about for so long. We've talked about it, haven't we, Joe? Everyone else has been rumouring it. We've known that he's been Albion's number one target. Um, I think all Albion fans, myself included, went into January thinking it'd be good if they get him early, but it's probably going to happen on the 30th of January or or, or whatever, or the end of the month or one of them days. Um, But we found out on on New Year's Day, I was sitting in the the, the Banksy Stadium watching Walsall against uh, Newport County. 
when I spoke to you on the phone, Joe, and you were like, no, it's happening tonight, 8 o'clock. It's going live. To, to the surprise of everyone, really. Yeah. Um, so, look, I think we've got a lot of listener questions about DK because, I mean, there's just so much to talk about yeah. in terms of how DK impacts Alpine going forward. So I think we'll probably get into that in listener questions. But just in terms of the deal... Um, Incredible, absolutely incredible deal. Look, we've said on, I mean, I was saying on this podcast months ago that Daryl DK is the man that Valerian Ishmael wants. I mean, it wasn't rocket science, but I knew, but I did know he was the man he wanted. Look, what it transpires is that he wanted him in the summer. Um, Orlando were asking too much money in the summer. Alvin didn't have that money. From what we've read, I haven't had this confirmed, but maybe some money from the summer was put aside um, for potentially signing DK this month. Um, and Albion have managed to get it done. Now, what we gather, and this is, I can't substantiate this 100%, but reading between the lines, and I think it's a very, very fair assumption, but it is it is only assumption, is that Albion have been in negotiations with Orlando for DK for a very long time, months. Well, Ishmael has confirmed that, that it's been months in the process, but Ishmael has also confirmed that Live's visit, shock visit to the training ground last month, it was three weeks ago tomorrow, as we record this, Um actually made all the difference. Now, I think what we can gather from that is that Albion were always well in the race to sign DK on loan, um, but it was actually Live's visit to the training ground um, that day, three weeks ago, that where he gave Ishmael the green light to sign DK on a permanent basis, where, where he agreed basically to dip into the reserves and, dip in, and, and, and bring in him on a permanent basis, which absolutely massive news. Now... Yeah, just incredible, really. Incredible bit of business. What we understand the fee to be, $9.5 million, seven, just over £7 million. Pounds, um, 20% sell-on for Orlando City. Um, and I think that's the hope here, really, isn't it? Is that the, we'd love him to be with us for four and a half years, but the hope is he is so good for over the next sort of 18 months, two years, that I've been selling for £30, £40 million pounds in, in, in the future. But Got it all worked out, Joe. Got it all worked out, mate. And also, obviously, as we understand that there's sort of money will be paid to Orlando as well if Albion go on to win promotion either this season or next season or whatever in the, in the time DK is at the club. So the £7 million seems like an absolute snip. I mean, he's a current US international. His career trajectory is incredible. He's a hot, hot striker in the game. Um, there's no doubt about that. So it feels a great deal. A £7 million for Albion to actually... It's not it's not a massive amount of cash in the in the in the world we live in. In the Premier League, seven million pounds is, is very, very little. But for Albion in the championship, it's a massive sum of money. We thought it would be a loan. They have stumped up the cash. He looks a player with unbelievable potential. Um and he is we'll get into this probably later, but he should be the difference. He should make this team. Now it is a hell of a lot of pressure on the lad, I think. Hell of a lot of pressure on the lad. But I'm going to say that again. He should make this team. Everything now is centred on Daryl DK, it feels like. Yeah. Um, and he seems a smashing lad. He seems a really bubbly, sort of American, upbeat, positive, friendly person. I've asked Val if, how he handled the expectation and he, he's very, very comfortable with that with DK. He doesn't think it's going to be an issue for him. Um, but let's make it abundantly clear. This is... Uh, Albion need him so badly 
but now he's there's so, there is a lot of pressure on him because he we need him. Yeah, we need yeah. him so badly. And like you said, they do need him so badly. And for, uh, we'll go through questions shortly. Fans saying DK's, you know, they need we need more than DK to make the difference. But I think if you look back across the games that Albion have maybe drawn or lost, and look at the chances that a sharp, prolific striker would have finished, then you can probably see the difference that DK would have already made to Albion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he will be that. Will be that. Um, that missing link going forward. Just on that topic, Joe, how how do you think he will fit in? Obviously, Ishmael's system will stay the same. DK will be that main front man. Who who do you think is going to be the one who's going to going to have to make way? Um, well, look, uh, uh, there isn't going to be one person who makes way. What 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 will happen is DK will basically play yeah. every game he is fit and available, and he will play as that central striker. Everyone else will fill in around him, with, and that would be obviously on form and fitness and. On the right, obviously, it could be Dean Garner, it could be Matt Phillips, it could be Callum Robinson. On the left, it's going to be Carlin Grant, isn't it? You'd imagine, bar injury um, or suspension, it's going to be Carlin Grant just because um, he's got nine goals this season and he's he, he's probably the one for... Look, Callum Robinson's chipped in with five now, I think, but Grant's the one the one forward Albion have got this season that you'd say is doing better than par for the course. Um, other than that, everyone is... Level par or over par, you'd say probably the vast majority over par. Um, I think it's going to be interesting for the other guys. In I think uh, look, for starters, I think it's going to allow them to play in the natural positions. Look, is Callum Robinson better on the left? Probably, but I think he he's not a central striker. He said it so many times. Yeah. He's just not a central striker, and it's it's got painful watching him play through the middle. Matt Phillips play through the middle when Valdes decided not to go with Jordan Hugel. We just need DK through the middle. We need Robinson or whoever out wide and play these players in natural position. I've got to say, the other thing I think might happen is I just think it might take the pressure off them a little bit. And I think that can only be a good thing. There's no doubt about it. Albion's forwards have know that they know the data. They know that that Albion have got the best defensive record in the league. They know that when you look at XG stats, Albion should have say XG then. Did you know? <laughs> but it's like their own manager says it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it, they can't escape these things. Like, Ishmael says constantly, our problems are in the final third. There's no hiding from where Albion's issues are in terms of a lot of games this season. So, the manager's telling it, the data's t- telling them it. We all know where the problems are. And I think that's put, an, and that's, I don't think they've responded well to that, to be honest, Albion's forward players. Ishmael's said so many times this season, he's used the word hectic. They look hectic in the final third. Yeah. What they have, which is another way of saying they've lacked composure. Um, and that comes from pressure. But I think now DK's the man. DK is the man we are looking to for goals. And I think the fact that Jordan Hugel's no longer our leading striker, the fact that there isn't as much pressure on Robinson to score or even Grant to score now because we're going to be set up for DK. I just think it might help them a little bit. I think it might just help them breathe, take a breath, relax a little bit more and think, oh, do you know what? If I get one or two chances in this game, I don't have to have to take them because hope, hopefully, DK will get one or whatever. I just think I just I just think it'd be good. Look, I've spoken to a lot of players over the years, and they say signings are really important. New signings that they lift the mood, they lift everyone as much yeah, as fans are, as much as point. fans are lifted. Like players get lifted as well. Like they're only human. Like players get lifted by signings as well, and I think DK will lift everyone. 
And then um, players might even look and think, they've paid seven million for this guy. He's coming in. I've got to raise my game if I want to get in the side alongside him as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just think it's a mass. I just think. I, I I just I think I genuinely think everyone will benefit from DK's arrival. All those forward players will. Yeah, hopefully that is the case. Um, if you've picked up a copy of the Express and Star today, you'll have seen. Uh, um, a, a journalist in in the US has been sort of telling us all about DK, and he's compared him to a, a, a former Albion favourite in Romelu Lukaku. So we're hoping he's sort of hitting the nail on the head, um, and uh, Albion have got a bit of a, a bit of a hero on their hands uh, moving forward. But as we said, huge pressure on him now. But hopefully, it brings the best out of uh, out of the rest of the squad. And just finally, in the sort of news that we've had over the last week, um, me and you were walking to the ground the other day, Joe. You said, "Can you keep a secret?" Um, and you told me that Gauchin Lai was going to be in the building at the game, which which took everyone by surprise. We we, we obviously thought he'd gone back to uh, he'd gone back home after his his sort of trip over to see Val, and uh, as we know, talk about DK. Um, but it it seems like he spent his his Christmas in the Midlands. Um, well, maybe not in the Midlands. Uh, he might have been uh, maybe down in London. We don't know. But he was still there, and he was at the game on uh, on Sunday, which took everyone by surprise. Yeah, he was there. First game since Brentford, twenty eighteen. Um... Long old time. Got a brief glimpse of him. It was hilarious because I, I basically didn't watch the first 60 seconds of the game because I was just constantly looking down. It was, like, it was like Santa Claus, mate. I wanted to get a glimpse. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, where is he? Where is he? Um, just want to see him with my own eyes. Um, and eventually clocked on to him. But look, what we said before, reintegration back into the club. Um, that's his aim, apparently. I mean, we have to do all this in previous podcasts, but our understanding is that Gauch and Lai has realised that Albion is not worth anywhere near what he paid for it. If he's going to get anywhere near the money he wants for it, he has to get them back in the Premier League. He's got a massive, massive financial asset on his hands in West Bromwich Albion. And he believes it needs some TLC to get it back to where where he wants it to be. Um, and that's why he is taking a more hands-on role. That is why he gave the green light to sign Daryl DK. Um, so far... He is. He, he's making an effort, isn't he? You can't say he's not making an effort. He's been to the training ground. He's been to a game. He's signed DK. Um, he's making an effort. The suspicions, the, the sort of confusion, the air of mystery around him is never going to go away. It's never going to go away. Uh, well, it's certainly won't go away for a long, long time. Um, we're always going to be sort of a bit sceptical of him. But since that training ground meeting... You can't really ask much more from him, really. Yeah. Do we know if he's he's left the country now or or he might be in attendance this weekend? I have genuinely no idea, mate. Apologies, but I've got absolutely no idea. So the first 60 seconds of the game on Saturday, you'll be sort of frantically looking to see if you can spot him still. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) to be fair to him, I'll probably give the Brian game a miss. but (laughs) (laughs) Magic of the cup and all. I don't know if we'd be into that. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? 
Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place, or alternatively, you can call 01902553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. Um, but yeah, there we go. Huge news. The Garda Hitman contract, DK and Lai, it's all been going on really. And, and now as we move into January, you know, surprisingly Albion have got their, their main business done on day one of the window, which leaves us with another however many days to hopefully potentially see more players coming in. But, you know, what, what's the case with that, Joe? Obviously all eggs have gone in one basket for DK. They've got him. Um, does this mean we're going to potentially see more additions now that Albion have got a bit of time on their hands to, to maybe scour the market? So everything I'm hearing is basically no. Um, in terms, look, I'm not rolling anything out in terms of an addition. I think there could be one, maybe. But I think we're, we're at the case now where Albion have to sell to buy, if you like, or they have to players have to depart before they can bring players in. They're going to have to free up wages. They're going to have to free up money. Um, so we need some outgoings, basically. Um, when you look at it, there aren't that many players who can depart. Look, Robert Snodgrass is the clear and obvious one. Snodgrass leaving would obviously free up wages. You'd imagine to bring in a player on loan. Because obviously you're not going to get a fee for Snodgrass. But there's one option. Part of me's thinking... I personally was thinking, could Shemi Ajay leave this month? We believe that there was sort of interest from Norwich in him in the summer. Um, obviously Norwich have changed their manager now, so that was probably not come to the fore. But Shemi Ajay is a good player. And he's a centre-back with pace. Um, he's not playing for Albion. Darroche is going to come back soon. I can't, I can't imagine Shemi Ajay being a player that's happy to sit on the bench, to be honest. I think he'd want to play and expect to play. But he's gone to the African Cup of Nations. So it's going to be very hard to, to sell him in January, I would say. Um, I think Alex Palmer potentially could be sold. You never know um, in terms of... He's not made it on the bench. He's made it on the bench for one game um, this season. So he hasn't really managed to push ahead for David Button as the number two. Um, so I thought maybe could he potentially, especially with Josh Griffiths, sort of Albion's hot prospect keeper now. Um, I thought maybe could he? Uh, when you go, but when you go through the squad, who are you looking to sell? Really, Johnson's the obvious one, but he's. In, I, I just don't think he's going anywhere this this month. I just don't think it's going to happen. Kenzahor, look, um, there's thousands of people listening to this podcast that would probably very happily drive Zahor to his next destination if Albion can somehow get a bid, but. He's one of the top earners at the club, is our understanding. He's he's on a, a very decent salary um, for a championship side, and he's a striker who doesn't score goals. I just I just don't know. Look, that's a bit harsh because he has scored goals before at this level. So, and part of me thinks if he'd played more games this season, then he might have got he might have done a bit better than Hugo. You never know. But I just I you've got to put. Your, I always say this when I, when people talk about Zahor going. If I could magic you in charge of a club now, yeah. if I made you QPR manager now, bang, QPR manager. Oh no, forget that. You're um, who's halfway down the table. Preston North End, you're Preston North End manager. Go. Do you sign Zahor or do you back yourself to get someone better? I think you back yourself to get someone better, especially with the money he would cost um, in terms of his wages. I'm sure Albion would let him go on a free, to be honest, but in terms of his wages. Um, so, where. This is in terms of incomings. What we understand is it's going to be basically one out, one in. Yeah. Who's going out? Snodgrass is the obvious one. After that, 
I'm struggling to think who's going to leave. Um, a lot of fans have asked about Hugo. Could we see, is it, you know, with DK arriving, does that spell a, a, a you know, cutting Hugo's loan short? So it's an interesting. I mean, I really, I really hope not. And that that sounds might sound odd with how critical of Hugo I've been on this podcast. But I think you can't because, and I do feel bad with what we say about him because, by all accounts, he is a really smashing lad. He's, I've only interviewed him once, but he was a nice chap. But what we, I mean, we're going to get. I don't know if we get into this or not. But look, what's abundantly clear is. Ishmael's system absolutely needs a physical central striker. He's not going to deviate from his 3-4-3. I'm sure we'll get into that with another question as well. But he's not going to deviate with that. We need an understudy to DK. Like, we can't just accept DK is going to play every single week, every single minute, and never get injured, never get suspended. Like, we need someone... I don't think Robinson or Phillips works through the middle. I really don't. Hugel has has not had a great six months with the club. He really hasn't. But he has performed at this level in the championship before. There's no doubt now he's clear number two. I think you've got to give... I think you've got to keep... I personally, I think you've got to keep Hugo um, and have him as understudy. Either that or you... Callum Morton comes in, you bring him back. You've got to have a... Cent- you, we need another central striker. We can't go... We, we can't go through the season with just DK. We can't. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting but, you mentioned Morton there. I think we had a question about Morton. You know, is there... Potential of recalling recalling him. I know he's done very well in the in the leagues that he's played in so far, um, and obviously we've got all this young talent coming through now. It is seemingly getting a little bit of a chance. It's a strange one because so last time we had a pretty much press conference was obviously for the Cardiff game. It was last Friday, and it literally in the hours before that pod, in uh, press conference, basically news broke that Albion had recalled Morton, and they were immediately sending him on loan to Peterborough. Um, which would have been a good move for Morton because obviously it's a championship football. He gets a chance to show what he can do at that level. That never materialised in terms of it. it certainly, I mean, it might be on the cards. So I'm not saying it isn't. I just said it didn't. It didn't. It didn't unfold in over the next few hours. And I asked about that at the press conference. I said there's reports that Callum Morton's being recalled and going to go on loan to Peterborough. And he basically said that they want to assess players. So I, I don't know whether Morton's back at the minute and he's just training like a lot of players do. A lot of loan players do come back even while they're on loan at another club and just train with their parent club for a week, two weeks, whatever. Um, doesn't end the loan agreement. It just, it's just so the manager can see them. Um, so I think there might be a situation with that at the minute with Morton where he's probably got a loan to the championship lined up. But maybe at the minute he is... I don't, I don't know. I'll have to sort of firm it up. But for me, he's an option. I mean, I, I, I like what I've seen of him, but I, I, I'll always caveat it. And I'll always caveat it when he's only played League 1, League 2. And... Believe me, I follow Walsall for a lot of time for for a long time. I've watched a lot, of, and I covered Shrewsbury before that. I've watched a lot of League One, League Two football, um, and the gulf is massive, yeah. absolutely massive. So th- let's make it the vast, vast majority of League One players are not good enough for the Championship. They're not. So at the minute, he's only sort of proven himself at that level. So we, the, like he's got. A, don't get me wrong. I, I think he's a talent, but. It's not. We can't like put all our eggs with him, really. We've got to see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully there might be some more movement in January, maybe in, maybe out. We, we don't know. Right, we're going to move on to, to questions now because we've got absolutely tons of them, as Joe will uh, Joe will vouch for. My uh, while I was having my lunch today, my phone was was blowing up, um, and you can tell things are quite serious. And Albion fans aren't happy because we haven't had a single question about food, which you'll be happy. Beautiful. About. 
That's what I'm about. <laughs> Things are changing. This is a serious podcast. <laughs> this is a serious podcast. That is what I want it to be. We'll, tr- we'll try and work uh, through as many questions as possible. We've got a really blunt one from Jack WBA04. Um, first question on the spot for you, Joe Massey. Will Albion get promoted? Yes, they will. Didn't sound overly sure about that. Yeah, no, no, no. no. I think we yeah. will get promoted. Yeah, no, I think we will. It's a good, good, good one to start off. I with. think actually. Sorry, Joe. Carry on. No, that's all right because we'll probably get into it anyway. What I actually think is, we'll, I think we'll naturally go into another question. So we'll just. Yeah. That's the only reason why I was going like because I want to go on a rant, but it's fine. <laughs> um, apologies, we have had a food question, but it's caveated oh. in with something about Daryl DK as well. Okay. So. Um, what did you both have for your Christmas dinners, and what was D- was DK the best late Christmas present? Um, I'd say it probably was the the best late Christmas present um, for all Albion fans. I'm sure you'd say the same, Joe. Yeah, DK was my best. Yeah, Daryl DK was the best Christmas present. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas dinner, I had turkey. Everyone has turkey. I'm sure Joe did as well. I did. Um, yeah, we'll skim over that one. <laughs> oh, I love your attitude. This is what I wanted from Luke for years, <laughs> mate. This is what I wanted for years. Skim over it. That's I'll right. skim over on the podcast, but I'll wax lyrical about them on match days. All right, mate, you, you, know, you know that already. Couldn't care less what you do on match days, mate. After, it's all about this podcast for me. After the cheese board at Derby, you know. Yeah, I would have loved yeah, that. But Yeah, I know. Fantastic. Um, we've already touched on Morton. Um, do you think there's going to there's gonna be too much pressure put on DK now? Um, and do you think he'll single, single-handedly solve our problems? Um, so, it's, this is a problem. I'll have to I'll shoot all my rant into this stage. So, this is like... Single, it feels like he has to single-handedly solve all our problems. So that, and this is the this is the key issue really with Ishmael and and DK and everything that goes with it is that Ishmael is not going to change his formation. He's not going to change. He is three four three every single week, every single minute of the day, with the exception of if we're down to ten men. That's the only time we'll change. And even then, we'll still probably have a three, we'll have a three four two, won't we? So it's really not a, a drastic change now. People have asked me a million times on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, do you ask these questions? Do you ask if we've never changed format? Do you ask if we'll ever change system? Believe me, we've asked multiple times. What I should say back is, do you ever read the Express and Star? Do you ever listen to these podcasts? Because <laughs> the answers are there. The answers are there. I can promise you, Val's been asked multiple times about his, his formation, why he's 3 4 free every week, and why um, he doesn't change his system. Now, for the sake of this podcast, very, very briefly, we'll explain why. But he believes in a 3-4-3 system, you can find all the solutions within game. He believes it's a very, very flexible formation in terms of you can push your wing backs really high to almost make it like a front five. In your back three, you can have overlapping centre backs. So there's another way to get forward. You can bring up your your middle centre back, almost push him into midfield to make a midfield three. You can, with your midfield two, you can push one of them forward. You can... And with your two wide men in your 3-4-3, you can have them so narrow, they're effectively operating in a 10 area. Now, look, we all know I like Val. I completely disagree with him on that. I I, I think he should have more formations up his sleeve. I think he's really on to something with Val Ball. But in my opinion, we should have tried something different this season. The the front three, the way he set them up for me, hasn't worked. I think we should have gone 3-4-1-2. I'd love to have seen Jordan Hugel up front with Carlin Grant, just because I've seen Jordan Hugel play in a good be effective in a two for QPR um, before. So I don't agree with Val in that. I really don't. Um, I personally think you should have more, from, more than one formation up your sleeve. Personally, I think when you're battering teams, I don't think you need, in terms of how you're playing, in terms of the pressure you're putting under them, I don't think you need three centre-backs on the field. 
Like I think that sometimes you should go to a back four. They are my opinions. But Val does not believe that. And believe me, he has been asked. And I've, I, I've the one that's asked him the most. Like, I, I'm, I love formations. Like, I literally am obsessed with formations. Um, and XG. And XG. I'm not obsessed with XG, <laughs> but it is fascinating with, with Albion at the minute. XG is fascinating with Albion at the minute. But, so, that's, so, believe me, he's been asked. That, that, is, that is his answer time and time and time again. He believes all the solutions can be found in this system. Now, what is really interesting to me is... Between, between me, Joe Chapman and Steve Maidley, we must have asked about 100 questions about DK after the game, on, after the game against Cardiff. And Ishmael said they needed DK in that game. It's, it's pretty much an exact quote. Like he said that basically the, the areas the ball, that Albion get balls into, and everyone listening to this will know what I mean. How many times this season have you seen someone get down the wing, either down the right, down the left, send a cross into the box, and there's no one there? There is just happens, nobody there. It happened twice on, Saturday, on Sunday. It happens all the time yeah. with Albion. It happens all the time. And he is saying that if DK was playing in that game against Cardiff, he would have been there for those chances. They're, they're, those are the positions he takes up. Okay? So, it, I can't believe we haven't tried something different to negate that, to negate that we haven't got that player in the first half of the season. But we haven't. Val is so insistent on making sure the players are so adverse in this system and knowing their duty so much in this system. He doesn't want them to think of anything else other than his 3-4-3 and to know exactly what to do in that system at that time. That now we're bringing DK in and it is like the final piece of the jigsaw. He is, he, in, even in terms of what Valerian Ishmael would say, he is the final piece of the jigsaw. Now that's immense, I, as we said earlier, that is immense pressure on the lad. It's immense pressure. But we have needed him all season and now we've got him. And as we sit here now, we're, we're pretty much halfway through the season. All right, we're not, we're over halfway. But it feels like Albion's season is going to be split into two. It feels like it's going to be pre-DK and after DK. And we're talking about a lad who hasn't kicked the ball for us yet. Like this is, this is, this is crazy stuff. Like this is crazy stuff. Like, we've never even seen him, like, run. We've never seen him in, in, in the flesh, really, have we played? Like, he, no one, we, we didn't see him for Barnsley last season. Like, so, because none of us were at the game. So, none of, no fans were at the games, And Barnsley and Albion were in a different league. So, it's so much on this boy. There is so much on him. Um, but, he knows the system. He knows Ishmael. He seems bubbly, upbeat, confident. He seems to be able to handle it. We need him to do really well. I think he will do really well. But this is massive for Val and massive for Albion's season. He is... that I couldn't say it any better than I just said it. He is the missing piece of the jigsaw. And it's got to work. Like, it's got to work. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I honestly think it's a crazy situation we're in. Like, in terms of how much we're like how much we need him like we need him so badly so let's see what happens like see what happens it's gonna I really hope he hits the ground running I, I, I genuinely believe he will like I, I've said this on the podcast last week I spoke to the, the Barnsley reporter about him at Oakwell and he and he just said to me mate he's ridiculous he's like at this level you've never seen anything like it he's just superb um he's just he's he's brilliant so if we get 
if we get the Derby, if we get the DK that, any, that was anywhere near what Barnsley got, he's going to have such a huge impact um, on this team. And I think we 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 need it desperately. Yeah, you feel, are you all right? Are you glad you've 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 aired all your? I've aired it, mate. Now? Fifty. Do you yeah, know what, yeah. mate? I normally can't keep my things in check, <laughs> so like to get. To you my... told us you're an emotional guy earlier, and you've just showed it there with the, your voices and everything. Fifty minutes in, I've had to wait for that. You've kept me on like strings for you, after Johnny Drury. <laughs> just, just boiling you up. You yeah, know, you have, mate. The whole podcast. Um, Normally, I'd have that out after five minutes. I'd get rid of the rubbish <laughs> band, and I'd be like, right, this is what I've got to say. Right, you know, I'll, we'll, on on the itinerary next week, we'll replace the the, the, the old banter section with Massey rant, the Massey rant. No, Luke tried to do that, something like a rant or something. Massey's microscope, he tried some sort of rubbish. <laughs> Uh, moving on from uh, from Joe's big rant, uh, Black Country Cards is Happy New Year, Happy New Year to you as well, mate. Any truth in the rumours that Townsend will be slash has been sold? Arguably our best player this season. I'd be disappointed to see him go. Nothing that I've heard, but, but what about you, Joe? Is that a bit of a false one? So, I don't think of... No, he's not... Can you remember not long ago, Townsend got offered a new deal, which was basically yeah. a couple of months after he'd previously signed a new deal. Um, those two new deals were very very in quick succession I think I've said before on this podcast it wouldn't surprise me at all if that basically if you're a decent agent and I know people don't like agents but if you're a decent agent you will strike for your client when the iron's hot yeah so when, when your player's playing well and in particular when there's other interest you you move to protect your client you, you move to get them a better deal that's how it works um, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if Townsend had interest in between him signing his two deals with Albion. Um, could there be more? He's a seller. I personally think he's a, he's a sellable asset in terms of like, I think there will be clubs looking at him. I've got no, I think that, I personally think that's why he got his new deal because clubs were sniffing around. I'd be amazed if that wasn't the case. Um, do I expect him to leave this, win- this window? No, I think he's going to, I think he's very much at the club for the long haul personally. Um, Never say never. He's probably one of the few players who is a genuinely sellable asset, as it's, as things stand. But I thoroughly expect Townsend to be with us at the end of the window. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Brody Mars two. Um, pretty uh, pretty short. This one is Val under pressure at all from the top. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think he is in terms of. I don't think. I don't think Albion would have spent seven million pounds on Darrell DK. If I was truly under pressure, um, but but things need to certainly things need to improve like quickly. Not in terms just just generally everyone knows that like it, it, like I'll be in a fourth as things stand. QPR have got a game in hand that would put them to fifth. It's become very congested. I can remember weeks ago people telling me Albion could fall out the playoffs, and I I was like I laughed. I was like no, they couldn't. Well, well they were right. I was wrong. Like it's getting horribly congested. Um, in that area, it's far. They're far too. They're closer to seventh than they are to second. It, it doesn't make for comfortable viewing. There's no doubt about it. I think. Look, I think we're. I think we're in Ravishmail for the long haul. Personally, I think DK's signing sort of re-emphasizes that. Ishmael said something really interesting at his last press last pre-match press conference where he said we're in transition. And I think that is probably true. Yeah. But but has massively gone under the radar. Now I think you have to question whether Albion needed to be in transition this season. Like I think they came they came down they came down with parachute payments. They came down with a team that pretty much got promoted the year before. Okay, there's no Pereira. I accept there's no Pereira. But basically, this team is 
exactly the same as two years before, with the exception of Pereira and Sawyers. And with the exce- and, and you've basically replaced them with Grant and Mowat. Well, I think a lot of people will listen to this and think Mowat's a better player than Sawyers. And Grant isn't a better player than Pereira, but he's a damn good one at championship level. And he scores goals. He, he probably will score more goals than Pereira. So we get a lot of, you, hear, you, you see a lot of comments online, like these players aren't very good. Like, but they are good. They are good players. Like these players did get up the season before last. Um, so did Albion need a transition this season? I'm not 100% sure they did, to be honest. Um, if they'd gone for another manager, they would just, would more, what you would call run-of-the-mill tactics, if you like, like more a 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, more average tactics. Would they be getting more out of them? Potentially, at this moment in time, what Albion have done is gone for the long haul. They've gone with, we want a, a strong identity, we want this high-intensity, high-press plan that will hopefully get us up but more 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 importantly and hopefully get us up will keep us up and they've basically given Val time to implement it and 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 that means as we sit here now we are in transition we are in transition and yeah. I think it's interesting because we I think Val's right I think we're basically in into Val ball aren't we and we're two we're we're one transfer window and four days into it we're not even two transfer windows into it so I think that has been lost um that we're in transition, but we are in transition. But at the same time, this league's rubbish and we should be really, really competing for automatic promotion. Yeah. There's a lot of questions we've had in about Val's formation. Is he going to change? Joe's just addressed that in his 10-minute <coughs> off-the-cuff rant. Um, 10 minutes, apologies. Asking people if they uh, if they read the Express and Star, etc. So uh, I'm not going to read them ones out. I've got one here for you, Joe. The one that I was talking to you about off-air. Um, Chris Bain 6 um, I don't listen to any transfer speculation unless it has been written by Joe Massey ah, Pro- I love that. proper ego waxing although he spelt Massey with two S's oh. um, <laughs> um, right. so does Joe know of any more transfers on the horizon I'd love one or two in I think we've we've addressed that yeah all I know is one. if you want accurate information it's my my understanding is it's one in one out one in one. or like not one in one sell to buy basically offload to bring in is probably a better way of putting it um I don't think there'll be any more arrivals until players depart, personally. But, look, I can be proved wrong. I've been wrong before. Um, yeah. but So we'll just have to see. We'll wait and see. Daniel uh, Daniel Tudge has got it in touch. Would either of you pay to watch the Brighton game? Do you believe any first-teamers will start? And then he said, I'm expecting the lowest crowd for years, six to 7,000. Um, I, I would pay to watch it, because I'm an Albion fan, and it's cheaper tickets as well. Um, but... What about you, Joe? Do you believe I was going to come on to this um, after the questions? But how do you believe Albion might line up at the weekend? Is it going to be very much, you know, we, we all saw what Val thought in the League Cup when he chucked all the kids in, and, and they did right well, even though they the scoreline didn't reflect it in the end. They, they they give a good account of themselves. Can we expect something like that again? I'm expecting it to be that sort of side. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it'll be a very very young team. Um. Look, there's a couple of players who maybe might play who've got maybe a bit of a point to prove. Maybe Darnell Furlong, for example. Look, central midfield's going to be interesting because Moe is suspended. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Malumbi can play. I don't know if Malumbi and Clark can play on their loans. Um, so perhaps Furlong at right wing back, Taylor Gunn, Hickman in midfield with, with um, Livermore. Awesome. I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's, there's going to... 
I think maybe circumstances will dictate it's not quite as a, as a young ex, extreme side, if you like, that played in the League Cup. But I'm expecting it to be a second string, really. Yeah. Um, if I'm honest. Um, you pay to watch it? The honest answer is I wouldn't. Honest answer is I wouldn't. I mean, that's just me being brutally honest. Yeah. I, I've gone on this, about this before, but I, I hate competitions you can't win. So I think in the Premier League, Albion should be forced to play the best 11. Well, not forced, cause, but I think every manager should play the best 11. I think if you're one of the top 20 sides in the country, you have a genuine chance of winning the FA Cup, especially if you get a good draw. I think if you're in the Championship, you ain't going to win it. What's the point? It used to infuriate me when I covered Walsall and didn't take the Checker Trade Trophy seriously or whatever it is, now Papa John's Trophy. I was like, silverware, win something. How many good days like that do you actually get in football? Fans go through enough rubbish. Yeah. They deserve a day out at Wembley, even if it's to win the Checker Trade Trophy. Um, but I think it'll be... I, f- I think it'll be a second string, pretty much. Um, and yeah. fans pay a lot of money. <laughs> so I'd probably keep the, the money in my pocket next weekend, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, on the flip side of that, in chat, I was going to bring this up later as well, you know, the last time Albion had a meaningful FA Cup run, one where they got to the real latter stages... And they got to the semi-final. They won the championship that season. So, you know, is there an argument that would a cup run aid the league form, or is it you know are things changed these days where you know 100% focus has to go on the league? Certainly for a club like Albion. You know, maybe that's a good point. I mean, confidence breeds confidence, doesn't it? But interestingly, Val, Val has said it on record a couple of times. Um, he thinks that he really, really thinks they his style of play benefits from a week between games. Um, so obviously if Albion did get further into the FA Cup and we're playing in the FA Cup at weekends games would be moved into the week and stuff so I don't think he I don't think he'll feel that way Yeah. I don't think Val's going to be too disappointed if we get knocked out on Saturday no, I think he's probably not going to be the only manager up and down the country um, on Saturday if that that happens as well. Uh, just moving on to a few more. I know we're, uh, we're we're knocking on now for time. Steve Hill said, um, "Have we seriously improved under under Vi um, or gone backwards? Fans booing when second in the league, then third, now fourth. It, 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 and there is something wrong when loyal fans keep booing. Um, have have we improved under under Ishmael, Joe? What what? It's it's an interesting question. It's a great question. So." I think the answer comes from whether you believe in this project long term or not. Because if you do believe that... I, don't, I sort of think that another manager could have, would have more points than us in the championship with a more, with a more as we said earlier, more average style. Let's, let's just... I don't, want, I don't want to knock Slavon Bilic because obviously I really like him. But let's say like that Slavon Bilic team was effectively destined to be relegated, wasn't it? So, like, as good as Fulham are this season, let's say, for example, under Marco Silva, let's say Fulham blow away the, the championship now. Let's say, I know they're a third at the moment, but does anyone really think Fulham is staying up next season? I don't know. I don't... We, you, know what, you sort of know what to expect, don't you? Um, and it all comes down to whether or not you believe long-term Ishmael can get Albion up and then go on and basically give teams a bloody nose in the Premier League and... Get back, get back to that Gagan pressing, high pressing, letting being an out of possession team, which is how he wants to play. Um, it's it's hard to sort of it's hard to sit here now and say I've never improved. It is. It's hard to sit here and say that. It, I think I think it goes back to the point I'm, I'm, I made earlier, which is that we are we are at the start of a four year plan. 
we are in transition, yeah. according to our manager. So let's see. We have to see what happens from here, really. I think the DK arrival, we've said it a million times, but it's so important. So um, I don't think you can sit here and say we've improved, no. I don't think you can sit here and say we've improved. The, no. it's, the question is, do you believe when there's a chance in 18 months' time or whenever yeah. that we'll be sat 14th in the Premier League? 15th in the Premier League, having given a lot of teams a bloody nose, because that, that never looked like it was going to happen, really. I, I thought Stavon did a great job with us, and I think he was harshly sacked, and maybe I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have sacked him, but it never, we looked like we were going to struggle to get out of the bottom three under him. So that's where we are, I think. Yeah. It's not Couple about of... now, really. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right there, and you're, and you're sort of touched on that before haven't you we'll go for a couple more uh, Dan Nash hand on heart Joe do you think Ishmael ever, will ever be accepted by the Albion faithful or does this all have the feel of a capable manager simply ill suited to a club synonymous with controlled possession based football now this is a question which has prompted a bit of debate really with uh, a few fans saying well Albion's most successful years of the Premier League weren't possession based you know what do you think Joe do you think he will be accepted by the Albion fan base I think he is accepted by a section of the Albion fan base I think um, I think, I think there's certain fans that will never accept him. Don't like the style of play. Understand that. I think there's a. I think there's a lot of fans who need sort of who need to be entertained more. And they will, and they will then win them over. I think that's probably the majority. I think the the, the majority of people. I think that there's not many people who will never be converted, but with results and, and improved performances. But there are some. Um, but I think the, the the majority are still. If if Albion pick up and they start winning games and start playing better, then they'll be, they'll they'll appreciate Val a lot more. So and they'll buy into it a lot more. What this is another. I mean, it's literally ridiculous. But everything comes back to Daryl DK. So let let's make this abundantly clear. Some of Albion's games this season have been boring. They have been so boring and they have been so repetitive. And you're watching games thinking, I've seen this so many times. Like it's like it, the games are, on, are like they're like replays of previous games. And the reason why is because Albion haven't scored in them. The goals, are, the, the, when, and this is the, the only way I can say it up is like this. When that goal goes in, when a goal goes in, it's not just the number on the scoreboard that changes. The game changes. And that's what, that's what Albion have been missing. And that's what Ishmael's really been missing. We need the games to change. We need DK to score and put Albion 1-0 up. So the opposition then have to change tack. So some teams like when you play against Millwalls, Peterborough's, Derby's at home, in these games, so they have to show just a bit, a bit more ambition, because then Albion can then try and exploit that. These games, obviously, it sounds so stupid, but just goals will naturally make the games more entertaining. When we started this season, everyone was I was saying, and a lot of people were saying how entertaining Valble was. You think back to that Bournemouth game; it was it was thrilling. You think to the Luton game, it, it was it was thrilling. Like it was, it wasn't. I I can remember saying a lot of times, you write it down on paper, and it's you're like, oh, it doesn't sound great to watch, but it was it was great to watch. Yeah. Um, and we need to get back to that. But the only way to get back to it is goals. Is goals will change that. Obviously, it will give more Albion points, but goals will naturally make the games more entertaining. It. it even without that one moment of the goal is what I'm trying to say. Like it, the, the games will just naturally become more expansive, more open, more entertaining. It'll stop teams from just literally sticking so many men behind the ball 
and asking Albin if they can break them down, which without a central striker, they've really struggled to do this season. So this is why everything comes back to DK, really. If DK's a success, Albion will score more goals, they'll win more games, they'll put more pressure on the top two, and they will be more entertaining to watch. The games will just naturally become more entertaining to watch. And that is what we need now. And then once the games become more entertaining to watch, I think a lot more people will be, um, and results improve, a lot, people will get, start getting behind Ishmael again. I think the, I think the, the clamour will come. Um, but at the moment, like, we need it to happen. So again, it comes back to Daryl DK. We just, we just need the guy to hit the crown running. There we go. DK's been the running subject throughout the question, throughout the, the whole podcast, really. Um, and thanks for all your questions. We had some great ones. Some uh, we haven't been able to read out, so I do apologise for, uh, for for that. But keep sending them in for the for the next podcast, and we'll hopefully read yours out. Um, read yours out next time. We've touched on, on Brighton, really, Joe. Um, a couple of points about, you know, it's probably going to be a younger side. Um, you know that Ishmael's probably not going to be too bothered if they get dumped out. I think one question an Albion fan did have, and this will will we'll wrap up on this one. Um, obviously, DK hasn't played for a few weeks because the the US season's finished. Is, will he be in the squad against Brighton? Could we see him feature, or, or is it just literally going to be getting him up to speed now for for that for that the league game the week after? Um, by all accounts, it's completely about getting him up to speed for the for the QPR game afterwards. And even then, I think Ishmael has sort of hinted that. We're maybe looking at 60... Not, he hasn't said it'll start, but we're maybe looking at sort of 60 minutes for DK against QPR. You, you've got to remember, this lad has not played for a month um, and, and, and he deserved a break. He really did because he went from playing in the MLS to playing for Barnsley to playing in the MLS. So he's only just had a break this past month. So his, his, his fitness has to be worked on. Um, but yeah, I think... I, I can't see DK playing against um, Brian. Um, I mean, imagine if he came on for the last 15 minutes and pulled a hamstring. It would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> um, so I can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't see him playing against Brian. I think it will be a really young team. Um, who knows? Reyes Cleary, that would be the one, wouldn't it? I mean, I, personally, I think, from what I, for everything I'm hearing, is he's not yet ready, really, Reyes Cleary. Um, and I think we sort of saw that with Tom Fellows um, the other day. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe he could get a run. I don't know what Zahor has been injured um, for a number of weeks, but I don't know his fitness status as of today. So maybe he could get a run. Um, yeah, I'm not selling any tickets, am I? Uh, I don't know what else. <laughs> just finally, just wrapping up. Then you know, it's going to be a young side, but a chance for for these youngsters. They've seen what Fellows has, has been given the chance to do. They've seen what Garden Hickman has been chan- given a chance to do, and. Saturday could be a, a big chance for them, really. If we just finish off on a positive note, it could be a big chance for some of these some of these youngsters, a little bit like what Arsenal was earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. I mean, it is a chance. It, it, it is a chance. Um, yeah, I don't know, mate. You I don't sound very excited uh, about this. Mate, you? I couldn't care less. I just sort of get to QPR. I'm a bit gutted, to be honest, that um, QPR is so far away. I just, I mean, I just take a but. I just give up the FA Cup game now, to be honest. I just, I'm just not bothered, mate. Yeah, it's a chance. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Opportunity to perform, make an impression, this, that and the other. But look, it's all about QPR now. Sound like a manager firing out uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was supposed to preview that game. I know we are. I just haven't got it in me, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> There just want to talk about QPR. Just very quick news, very quick yeah. news. It's since been confirmed since we've been recording this podcast that Johnston and Mowat have been banned for three games. So there the FA Cup Breaking is one news. done. Yeah. Um, 
Broke by Steve Maley, to be fair. I think I haven't looked at anyone else's Twitter. So the so. FA Cup, the FA Cup game will be included in those bans. Yeah, think, FA Cup so is that. included in those. Which games. means the FA Cup game is, you know, there are positives to come from it, Joe. Even though you're playing it all day. There you go, mate. There you go. There's the positive. Ninety minutes with David Button to get under his belt ahead of playing against QPR and Peterborough in the league, but David Button would have played in that game anyway. Um, so yeah. So look, QPR game. <laughs> I can't get off QPR, can I? I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> QPR game is absolutely massive. We've now not got Sam Johnston for it, confirmed. Not ideal. Um, but hopefully Button will be... Um, get rid of any rustiness against Brighton and he'll have a good game. You there? there you go. Are you gone? I'm still here, yeah. Oh, Sorry, I, I just thought you were sort of trying to play down the FA Cup again. I've now um, I've gone on a bit this <laughs> podcast. I thought I'd bored you to sleep then. That wouldn't be good, would it? I mean, at least you're paid so, to do it just, if, if think, you're asleep. I think we're both just tired. We've had so much to talk about. You've had your big rant. Everyone's just knackered now. But there you go. Some breaking news to finish off with. Um, it's been a really busy first podcast of the year. Thanks for all your questions. Um, hope you have a great new year. Obviously, it hasn't gone well on the pitch so far, but hopefully potentially an FA Cup winner against Brighton at the weekend. And then, as Joe's been uh, saying about five times there, it's all about QPR. Sorry, I do go on, don't I? I do. I do. So, uh, so hopefully, hopefully uh, a cup win and a three points and Albion can uh, can start firing and then DK can start firing as well. So thanks very much for listening to the Baggies broadcast um, and a farewell from me and farewell from Joe. Until next time.